This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the airport to a socially isolated special of the episode. I'm in Oxfordshire at the moment, uh, tucked away in my parents' home, and I'm joined by Maggie Rooley, who I'm is... I'm in London. Right, I miss you, Omen. You're not here with me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like we're too I far know. apart. This is all very strange. I also feel like I've definitely messed something up because I have all the equipment <laughs> here and... Everybody bear with us right way. now. But We're all I, trying I, our best, right? <laughs> this uh, well, yeah, this is very much it the is. new normal for everyone. Now, certainly for the foreseeable mm -hmm. future, at least in spring, you know, everyone's working remotely. Things have changed drastically mm -hmm. since we last spoke. I think last time we did the the show, we were sort of prepping for a maybe, maybe not situation. It obviously was following a certain course. Um, but here we are, and it looks like it's going yeah, to be quite like this some for time. a while. I think uh, the one interesting thing also with this is just how much it's affecting every single person. And so there is this new mutual understanding, right? It's people are on conference calls with babies crying and dogs barking in the background, and everyone's just kind of trying to make it work. Yeah, exactly. I think my favorite part is seeing uh, news anchors and <laughs> yes. news correspondents trying to make it work from like spare rooms in houses <laughs> with children and at pets around and it's certainly a lot I had to definitely announce to the entire home that I was doing this because <laughs> mom and dad don't get on the studio. line <laughs> Exactly. Um, and of course, I am based in London, but I've come out here for a little bit of time. You know, I think for everyone, we're not just thinking of ourselves, we're also mm -hmm. thinking of the people around us, whether we have parents of a certain age or whatnot. And I think sometimes it makes sense to, you know, remove yourself from a situation, even if you are fine. Yeah, it's a good it. point. And I think what's been interesting, too, is that we've seen this affecting the royals, right? Not only are they putting that message out there, but they've also had to switch up their schedules and uh, deal with the circumstances of what's happening around the world. They're not immune. Exactly. Well, last time we did the episode, we were sort of gearing up to the big changes that were going to be affecting the royal calendar for the rest of the year. There are a lot of question marks over whether the Queen would continue with summer garden parties, whether she would remain at Buckingham Palace or move to Windsor. And since recording that, <laughs> everything has yeah. changed. And the week almost started with Buckingham Palace sharing details of how the Queen's diary was changing, uh, which included moving to Windsor Castle a week early for Easter and a number of garden party cancellations. And of course, we've seen her also taking her meetings with the Prime Minister over the phone. That has all changed. And I think that everyone is trying to make this work. Yeah, it is an interesting moment in history when you realize that the Queen is even having to make things work. I don't know when else we could have anticipated seeing something like this, these cancellations and the fact that she's doing meetings over the phone and having to relocate and avoid people. I mean, everything seems surreal right now, but there's something also about seeing the Queen be affected that seems ultra surreal. Absolutely. And I think what's what's really interesting about the statements that we've seen from the palace, particularly Buckingham Palace, 
is this awareness of how certain engagements or events can affect other people. This really isn't about the Queen. There hasn't been much talk about protecting the Queen herself. You know, the statement that was released on March 17th spoke about how they'd consulted with the medical household and the government, how they would have to change number of public events with large numbers of people that just happened to be attended by the Queen. So, for example, the annual Maundy service at St George's Chapel on April the 8th, which is one of the Queen's favourite engagements, that's not going ahead. The garden parties hosted by the Queen that are held at Buckingham Palace in May, they're not taking place. And the guests who are invited to those garden parties are sort of going to be asked back in 2021 when, you know, hopefully we're sort of back to normal. And, uh, of course, with further announcements, we're still waiting on Trooping the Colour, which is the Queen's official birthday parade. We've got the 75th anniversary of VE Day and the state visit by the Emperor and Empress of Japan, which we started the week not knowing what was happening, but since heard from the household of the Emperor and Empress themselves that it would no longer go ahead. So everything is really off the table now. There is very little happening in the world of royals. We've seen pretty much every single member of the royal family scale back on their engagements because, mm. you know, you and I are on them regularly. There are always a lot yeah, of It's a really good point you them. make, and I hadn't thought about that entirely, that it's not just about the Queen's health or Charles's health, despite the fact that you know, they are in that advanced age group that is known to be at most risk for this virus, but it's also about the public health, right? The greater good. One of the big messages really around the world right now and in the UK, everyone's heard it, the stay home, save lives, really trying to get young people to pay attention to that. Young people stay home, uh, you know, avoid going out in crowds, don't even see your friends, really just minimize it to your immediate family. And so it's good to see them setting that example saying, well, we're not going to be throwing parties, right? We're not going to be having large gatherings when the government tells us it's unsafe. And we know from a public health standpoint that it's unsafe. Exactly. And it is those younger royals that have been sending that message too. You know, we heard on the 18th of March that Princess Beatrice would be radically changing the way she'd be carrying out her wedding on May 29th, if it even goes ahead on May 29th. Of course, we'd heard before that the Queen was hosting a reception at Buckingham Mm. Palace in the gardens. That's no longer taking place. And the couple are now sort of working with the government and sort of taking government advice to decide whether even a private marriage might take place amongst a tiny group of friends and family. From what I've heard with speaking with sources just yesterday before we recorded this episode was that the couple are now looking at postponing entirely until 2021 Mm. and you know I think that that really is a reflection of a dilemma that a lot of people must be in this year I have friends getting married this summer or going or sort of hosting bachelor and bachelorette events and whatnot you know it is obviously it sounds very small but these are milestones in someone's life and you spend a long period of time planning for it and Mm -hmm. it's always a difficult decision to call something like that off but it is clearly the right one and it's a good point i mean i think you know we're rational humans in the grand scheme of things we know that it's not the biggest deal right this is a life or death situation and the numbers that are coming out around the world are just they're horrific and they're gut-wrenching but um, on a day-to-day basis for a lot of people it's affecting their daily lives and again as you mentioned your friends similarly a lot of uh, friends of mine have weddings that they're planning and like you say it's a milestone it's a huge moment and something you're you know remembering forever and so to to see someone like Beatrice dealing with those same emotions right of knowing Mm. it's the right thing to do knowing that you can't have people traveling in for a wedding uh, but also knowing how much time and thought has gone into it when you're 
heart does break for Beatrice and all the other brides and grooms out there that are trying to plan this big day. Uh, and it's just, uh, you know, plans everywhere are getting uprooted left and right. And it's just part of this crisis, but it's definitely an emotional toll that people are going through. Exactly. You've been covering it closely on World News Tonight and Good Morning America, for ABC News Live. Being sort of on that beat every day, does it, is this something that I would think that the entire world is sort of on the same page as? Because certainly here in the UK, it feels like we're a few weeks behind Italy, that people are only just sort of realising yeah. the severity of the situation. Uh, what, what's your perspective? Yeah, well, but it's so interesting you, you, you ask that because we've never really had something like this before, especially within our lifetimes, and it hasn't happened for generations, that the whole world is, is dealing with this. There's not really any country uh, that isn't facing this right now. You know, I think three quarters of the countries have cases of coronavirus. I know all 50 states in America have cases of coronavirus, and uh, even some like the UK that maybe are a few weeks behind other countries like Italy that have been hit hardest. You know, we're looking at those countries now saying, is that us next? Is that what we're, what was going to happen here? And, you know, but it's, it's terrifying. I've been covering Italy very closely and the numbers coming out are just staggering. They're shocking. They're heartbreaking. I mean, Italy now has surpassed China to have the highest death toll of coronavirus in the world. It's more than 3,000 people and doctors there are saying they haven't even hit the peak yet. And I'm not trying to be alarmist and scare anyone, mm. but it just is also a, a, a comment on what's happening in our times here. I mean, this is real world life or death stuff. And so when I talk to Italians, especially young people, and they're we're looking at places like the UK, like the US, and they're telling young people there, you know, take this seriously because we didn't two weeks ago. We thought nothing could happen to us. And now look where we are. And, you know, statistically, it looks like US and UK are a few weeks behind Italy. And so when they say something like that, it's hard, you know, you got to pay attention um, no matter how difficult it sounds. And so the hope, the hope is that countries are paying attention now and putting things like social distancing in place, banning large gatherings, uh, making sure that the medical staff, has everything that they need and that hospitals are prepared. And, you know, hopefully we have had a couple more weeks to prepare and to get ahead of this virus uh, because the numbers that are coming in from other countries in Europe, it's, it's really staggering. Absolutely. And it's at times like this where certainly as a country, the UK often looks to the royal family for words mm -hmm. of consolation, hope and reassurance. And we really got that in droves this week. I, I, I think the first that we really heard from with the Sussexes, who of course are over in Canada, but just as impacted by this situation. Of course, Canada is very much at the grip of this pandemic too. And they put out a post on their Sussex Royal account, basically announcing that they were turning their account into a place where people can find positivity and uplifting stories and facts about the COVID-19 epidemic. And of course, it came with some words of reassurance. Uh, the, the, the sort of in the post they go on talking about uncertain times and saying now more than ever we need each other we need each other for truth for support and to feel less alone during a time that can honestly feel quite scary and of course it goes on to speak about the importance of empathy and compassion and working together as communities and how kindness is so important right now I thought it was really interesting that this was a post that was so not about them it was just them utilizing the fact that they had 11 11.3 million people following their account where they can create a sort of positive atmosphere to share content in and we saw a post just uh, just an hour before we recorded the show where it the picture was literally just said today I feel dot 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 
and it just goes on to really give an opportunity for people in the comments to talk with each other and just share what's on their mind and I think that that was a really interesting approach that we haven't really seen from members of the royal family before of course Harry and Meghan until the end of the month are still working senior members of the royal family so it was definitely a fresh approach and one I thought was quite interesting. That's really interesting and it also ties in well with you know obviously Harry and all the royal family but Harry and Meghan in particular have also really taken mental health on as something that's important to them and so you know at times like these where it's really stressful it's scary and and people can feel alone especially if they're in isolation and so uh, using their community to foster that feeling of coming together in a virtual space and sharing feelings it's really interesting and well done by them to to use their platform of more than 11 million followers to create this community to help with people's mental health and and also get them talking during this tough time Absolutely. And just as importantly, we heard from Prince William via the Kensington Royal Instagram and Twitter accounts, uh, who was announcing that the National Emergency Trust Mm -hmm. has launched an appeal in the UK to raise funds to help local charities support individuals who are suffering hardship as a result of the coronavirus outbreak. Now, the National Emergency Trust was actually set up around the time of the Grenfell Tower Mm -hmm. fire tragedy, and is something that sort of continued to be in use through the sort of various crises that this country has faced since. And William goes on to sort of address the people of the UK and talking about this sort of unique ability that we all have to pull together. And again, it was that sort of message of reassurance that I think people really need right now. You know, it's great to see people using their positions for the right reasons. And, you know, William's been very involved with this particular organisation. And he also alluded to the fact that he and Catherine will also be doing some work to sort of highlight the uh, what sort of uh, emergency workers and organizations are doing across the UK in fact mm. yesterday they visited the London Ambulance Service uh, to visit the control room there in Croydon in London where they met staff and talking to the people that take the NHS 111 calls. Now to listeners in the US, we have our 999 emergency Mm. services, but we also have our National Health Service uh, 111 number, which I guess would be where you would call if you're not particularly if you're not calling for an ambulance you're calling for medical advice or you're unsure of a situation and that's the number that people in the UK are being encouraged to call should they think that they're suffering from symptoms of the coronavirus and so this was a chance for William and Kate to speak with the staff there and see how they've reacted to this current situation and William shared a message afterwards and he said that uh, the last few weeks and more recent days have been understandably concerning but it's at times like this when we realise just how much the NHS represents the very best of our country and society people from all backgrounds and walks of life with different experiences and skills pulling together for the common good and it was really sort of uplifting words and I think it's great to see the royals doing what they do best in situations like this. And you make a good point too about them calling out or um, them supporting uh, medical workers in particular and the NHS in particular, you know, something that we keep hearing about, whether it's here in the UK or the US or around the world, it's just uh, our medical staff, doctors and nurses, uh, they're really on the front lines of this battle right now. And, you know, just imagine everyone's scared right now, right? Everyone's scared of the unknown of what's going to happen, this potentially deadly virus that's going on around the world. But our medical workers are the ones that then 
go into work and face this virus. And, you know, sadly, statistically, a lot of them will get COVID-19. Um, we already know of some that have died in Italy. In one hospital, they say 20% of their medical staff has contracted the virus. More than a dozen have died because of it. So, you know, remembering that there are people that go out there and risking their lives, as well as, you know, the health and safety of their family who they come home to at night, uh, it's so important to remember them and their needs. And so the fact that uh, William and Kate are doing that and raising awareness for it through, you know, the fact that they're royals visiting a service like this it's just, it's so important right now absolutely and of course we also heard from the queen this week and i'm going to dive into this statement later in the episode just to sort of give it some context but you know i think the queen was really the member of the royal family that the nation was waiting to hear from because there had been a few days where we had heard nothing and i think people were expecting for the nation to be addressed in some way. Of course, we've been receiving daily briefings from our prime minister, Mm -hmm. but not so much from the royal family. And I think when we look back at times of crisis that the UK has faced, it's always been the queen that has used her words to lead a nation to come together and sort of have that solidarity that we know that she can bring to the nation. Of course, she herself has now moved over to Windsor Castle. Uh, Prince Philip had also been staying at Sandringham separately from the Queen, but flew over uh, in a helicopter to join the Queen at Windsor Castle. Now, just speaking of Prince Philip for a second, there had been a rumour that... I, and, you know, we very rarely go into crazy internet talk on, on this There's show, but <laughs> I had received so many text messages mm. asking me about Prince Philip this week. And uh, a number of times on Twitter, his death had trended across the world. And I guess this shows you just how quickly Chinese whispers or false rumors can start like wildfire online because of course he's alive and well he's very much with the queen at the moment i've spoken with palisades who all assure me that he is in great health at the moment so it was interesting i i think you know i think we've we've all seen over the last few weeks that there are certain facts or statistics that have no are not attributed to anywhere that suddenly become shared to millions around the internet who yeah. then pass it on as true and of course it you know it it i think it's at times like this where it's so important to really know where you're getting your information from know where to turn and in a way i think the world has really turned to uh, established news organizations uh, in a way that they haven't for, for a really long time because of course the digital space has made it somewhat muddled in where we're getting our information from well it's funny i remember i read this uh, article in the new york times recently and the title was something like don't believe the text from your friend's aunt kathy who works in an er in cincinnati <laughs> because haven't you been hearing that i feel like even my friends some of them will be like oh my friend's brother's like sister-in-law has a friend who's said that like x y and z happens if you get the virus and like you can beat it by doing this and uh i just want to be like guys don't believe these texts i don't know who's sending them i don't know where they're coming from (laughs) but so many of them are not true uh but it's such a good point i mean whether it's royal rumors which yes those exist in and out of times of crisis or um rumors in the news, I think during times of uncertainty and chaos and fear, you know, people just want answers, right? Like we all want to know what's happening. And so it's really easy to sort of see a conspiracy theory or, or a rumor and, and, and want to grasp onto some type of fact, something that can give us the sense of normalcy and security. But, you know, in reality, a lot of these are rumors and you kind of have to do your work and make sure it's a trusted news source and there's science to back it up and facts to back it up. Because, you know, especially if this is, if we're going to be living this now, 
probably for a couple more months at least, uh, you know, you want to make sure that everyone's well-educated and and is following the correct advice, whether it's the medical advice and uh, really knows what facts are facts and, and what they should be paying attention to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, before we move on, I just wanted to point out a couple of other things that have slipped out of the schedule. Of course, we're expecting to see the Sussexes back in the UK or in Europe at some point. Harry, of course, was over here for the London Marathon in April. That has been cancelled. And the Invictus Games, Mm. one that we know is an incredibly important event for Harry. Of course, he's one of the founders uh, due to the current pandemic. That has been pushed back to 2021. And of course, we heard from Harry himself. He shared um, a message on Twitter through the We Are Invictus account, sharing his disappointment uh, with the cancellation of the game, but also sharing some words of encouragement to the competitors, of course, been training for the last few months for the big games. This decision uh, was the most sensible and the safest option for all of you, for your families and everybody else involved in these games. Um, I know how disappointed you must all be. Uh, this is a focus that so many of you need. I would encourage you to maintain that focus uh, as best you can. Um, the good thing is you have an extra 12 or so months to be even fitter, to get even fitter than you already are, to be at your absolute top mental and physical fitness. Um, so in that sense, I'm really excited about uh, the games next year. Um, I'm sorry that we couldn't uh, that we couldn't provide this for you. Please look after yourselves. Uh, please look after your families. Please look out for one another. Um, you guys are all on these chat groups. You know you know who to look out for. Maggie, thank you so much oh, for thanks. joining me and helping me make this work. <laughs> I hope I have done it right. I mean. If there is no podcast this week, we know who to blame. <laughs> we'll make it work. Always good chatting. Bye, Omid. After the break, I'll be catching up with royal commentator Victoria Arbiter in New York about the Queen's very poignant statement and how she's led the nation through times of trouble many times over the years. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to the show. I am still in social isolation. And as is my guest, who joins me from New York, Victoria Arbiter, Royal Commentator. Thank you for coming Thanks on. Thanks for having me, uh, In this very weird state that we're now moving into. Yes, where we're relying on technology. And for those of us technologically challenged, it's trying. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think this whole episode of the show this week is somewhat trial and error. So we're all we're all in this together. Good. Well, amazing, valiant effort on your part. And thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad to hear your voice. Always a pleasure. This week was very much the week that I think the things that we had been speculating about with the royal family, whether engagements would remain on or off, all of that was sort of confirmed and put in place by... Uh, spokespeople at Buckingham Palace, Clarence House, Kensington Palace. But more importantly, it was the week that we heard from the Queen because 
for a few days it felt like the nation was waiting to hear something of course we turn to her in times of crisis and worry and she often is the person that puts this country at ease and it was very comforting to hear those words that were in that statement released by her on Thursday. There's there's just something wonderful about hearing from the Queen, isn't there? She's just this beacon of stability. And you're right, in times of national crisis and national celebration, we turn to her. There's something comforting about hearing from her. Now, whether it's the wisdom in her years, whether it's because she's just always there, come rain or shine, she's as reliable as, as the clock's changing. So um, I think it was lovely that we did finally hear from her. There were a lot of people complaining that we didn't hear from her sooner so I think it's worth pointing out that the Queen acts on the advice of her government Um, she probably was waiting to hear from Boris Johnson as to when it would be appropriate for her to release a statement of course always as a member of the royal family you're damned either way some complained that it wasn't televised but I think for what we needed right now given the situation right now her words were tremendously comforting Absolutely. And I think what was interesting about all of the statements we've had from the royal family this week, it's really not been about them at all. It's been about the nation. And I think when we've heard about engagements cancelled in the Queen's diary, it's never been, there's never been talk of protecting her or how she'll be sort of kept safe. It's always been about how these sort of group or sort of large social gatherings can put others at risk. And I think that this statement was very much that same sort of selfless tone that we're used to hearing from the Queen I think that that final line uh, really stood out to most people I think that uh, read this was when she spoke about many of us will need to find new ways of staying in touch with each other and making sure that loved ones are safe I'm certain we are up to that challenge you can be assured that my family and I stand ready to play our part. It was like a call to arms wasn't it? It felt very reminiscent of an address that would have been given by her father during World War II. He too spoke with such an authority and and such a sense of calm and um, positivity and yes we can do this and I think the Queen has very much modelled how she's conducted her reign on that of her father's. Um, She's always been pragmatic, she's never been rattled, we have only to look to the Trooping the Colour Parade in 1981 when Marcus Sargent, this troubled youth, fired six blanks at her. Anywhere else in the world, a head of state would have been rushed to safety, but instead the Queen just regained control of her horse and continued on as if nothing had happened. And that's very much how she functions. It's never about self. It's about unity. It's about bringing people together, Um, whether she's talking about the Commonwealth, whether she's talking about the nation. At Christmas, she always talks about families coming together. And I think she really sees the power in unity. And that's the message she promoted. So while we have a very different unity at the moment, given we're all required to stand six feet apart, we can still be united in spirit. And I think that's what came across in her words. Absolutely. It's interesting how you make that comparison to the words of her father, King George VI, who spoke famously on the outbreak of the war in 1939, speaking about in this grave hour, perhaps the most fateful in our history, and then went on to speak about being calm, firm, united in the dark days ahead. She was, of course, only 13 years old then, but those words have clearly resonated with her ever since as she's gone on to draw on them several times in remarks over the years. Yeah, she's really tried to embody all that her father stood for. I mean, of course, she adored him. She lost him way too soon. 
Um, but in times of trouble, the Queen has always erred on the side of tradition. She always falls back on how things have been done in the past. Um, by nature, she's just incredibly calm. Um, and I think it's that calmness that people found to be such a comfort because it's when everyone's sort of losing their heads, the Queen just manages to maintain hers. And there's a sense that, okay, everything's all right. The Queen's there. She's ensconced in, at Windsor Castle, which ironically is where she spent the wartime years as well. She's there with Prince Philip. We know she's safe. Um, and I think she'll continue to guide us, even though we won't see her on the public stage for the foreseeable future. We know she's there. And I expect we probably will have a televised dress, a televised address at some stage when the government deems it appropriate for her to do so. But for now, I think she hit a perfect tone, very much, as you said, Omid, uh, embodied the words and spirit of her father. Um, and I think offered a, a tremendous sense of positivity. And yes, we're all in this together. And yes, we can all do this together as long as we keep focus on each other, um, which I think the country kind of needed to hear as well. I think England uh, or the United Kingdom has been very much like the US in the panic buying. We're seeing terrible images of pensioners left with no shopping. So it was also just a reminder too that we, um, well, I guess it's such a cliche, isn't it, to say keep calm and carry on, but that's what we have to do. Um, we're in unprecedented Absolutely. times, but that's what we have to do. And that it is that keep calm and care and attitude that I think that this statement embodies. But also, it serves as guidance, I think, for a nation that is perhaps a little bit confused at the moment. Because, of course, we haven't officially been told by the government not to go out. I think everyone's been advised. But, of course, shops, are, well, certainly as we record this, and I know that news has changed in the, in the recent minutes, but shops and bars and restaurants have all been open for business. And it's been very much up to... Uh, the business owners to make that decision and so I think to hear from the monarch about the importance of protecting the most vulnerable around us and changing as she says our normal routines and regular patterns of life for the greater good and the communities that we live in I think it's words like that that we really need right now because especially when perhaps we're not getting that message completely clearly from the government. Yeah, it's been confusing, certainly mixed messages, I think, all over the world. And that's where the, the Queen as well, she is just masterful when it comes to striking that perfect balance because she's able to speak above politics. There's nothing politicised in this message. It's simply hearing advice from your grandmother, who you trust and adore and who's been there before and has seen everything and, and just has wisdom in their years. Um, also, we're hearing from the Queen who is in the at most risk age group. Uh, now we know uh, mm. as this continues that younger people are being affected as well but I think it's really impressive too that she's leading by example. The Queen tends to be one of those that likes to just focus on business as usual but she's in a position where she had to be seen to heed the government advice as well and the minute they said people over 70 we advise isolation that's what she needed to do so she's leading by example she's sharing words of wisdom that should hopefully encourage people to do the right thing. She said that she's in this with us um, that's very much a sort of call to arms of we're going to get through this we're going to come out the other side we're going to be okay and I think there was a lot of reassurance in that as well in that last line um, that will be an iconic line for the history books for years to come 
Absolutely. You mentioned earlier that, of course, that that we may expect a televised address at some point. And I actually was expecting that perhaps this time around. Do you think, and of course, maybe I'm reading too much into it, we certainly don't know the palace is offering no guidance. Do you think there's a reason that this didn't come as a televised address at this point? I think really, Omid, we can only speculate, as you said, but I think there is a real sense that they need to keep the focus and the airwaves clear for the experts, for the doctors, for the prime minister. Um, So this was a way to get the message out there. It could be printed across social media. It could be in all of the newspapers. It could reach a a huge number of people without taking away any airtime from the authorities. Um, I think at some stage it's inevitable that she will address the nation. I hope it's not because things have got significantly worse hopefully it's because we're coming out the other side and she's encouraging us to step forward into this newly healed planet of ours um but i think really that kind of decision will have been made purely for practical reasons um and just not wanting to overstretch resources perhaps wanting to limit the number of people around the queen as well because of course we know in a media background it's not just a camera set up on an iphone when the queen gives an address there are lighting and sound people and hair and makeup people and and mm, producers and directors and all of those people that come with it. And as we know, too, certainly in the US, uh, almost every major news organization has now reported someone uh, having contracted uh, COVID-19. So I think that there's also an abundance of caution given the Queen's age and given the need to make sure that she and Prince Philip are protected. So I expect there was an element of that, too, when it came to the decision making. Absolutely. I think also, as you say, not wanting to overshadow the story itself course the emergency workers are very much the focus of this crisis at the moment and i think we've seen that across the board from all members of the royal family of course the sussexes were i think the first to to address the situation through their social media but they themselves really didn't talk about themselves or there was really no mention of even their names it was very much about turning their platform or their 11.3 million followers that, that they have providing a space to share uplifting stories and motivation and a place to share thoughts and feelings and you know when we heard from Prince William his message was very much focused on the emergency workers and the work that the National Emergency Trust is doing of course we heard earlier this week on Thursday that William and Kate visited the London Ambulance Service Uh, their control room in Croydon so it's very much been about highlighting the work that's being done rather than the thoughts and opinions of members of the royal family or what they're even doing that's very much the royal way isn't it just give back to the community use their platforms for the greater good champion the work of charities I know earlier today uh, Piers Morgan is one to rip into anybody but he had a go at several celebrities that are sitting in their multi-gazillion dollar homes uh, complaining about isolation it's like I'm sorry it's a little tough to feel sorry for you when that's how you're living and, and unfortunately it's all about the struggles they're experiencing that's where there's again this difference between celebrity and royalty Um, And the royals, really, they are there for us to look to for guidance. They're there to support the nation in times of trouble. And my goodness, this is unprecedented. I mean, many are uh, are saying that this will be this generation's war years experience. Now, we're not in the trenches. Uh, We're being asked to stay home on our sofas. So in that regard, um, we're we're quite fortunate. Um, But I think this is really going to be a defining moment. And and how the royal family are conducting themselves has been spot on. I think they've hit 
the perfect balance, the perfect note. They've each hit the different age groups that they particularly appeal to. They've offered positivity, encouragement. They're leading by example. Um, they're there for us, and that's why we have a royal family. They're kind of epitomizing the, the reason we have a British monarchy and the reason people turn to the monarchy in times of crisis. Now, that's not going to work for everyone. Of course, the monarchy is divisive too, but mm-hmm. personally, I take comfort in it, and I'm, I'm glad to have heard from them. And now that the Queen has issued a, a statement, we'll probably hear from Prince Charles in the coming days as well. He had to wait for Mum to get hers out first. Um, but I think they'll probably... Uh, continue to do it, uh, each taking turns so that we continue to feel their presence while not being able to see them. Absolutely, yes. Feeling that presence, I think, is very important at times like these. Victoria, thank you so much for joining me. I hope this worked from a technical perspective. I certainly enjoyed hearing your perspective on this, and I hope that we'll do it again soon because no doubt we're all going to be in this situation for some time. Yes, well, thank you so much for having me, Omid. I too hope it's worked. Uh, I live in hope and and will remain positive on that front too. But um, thank you so much for having me. I I think it's important that we try and keep some sense of normality as well while the world feels like it's imploding. There's some comfort in that too. Absolutely. And that just about wraps us up for this week. Uh, It has been really interesting to hear your comments after last week's episode. Of course, we were just on that verge of figuring out where we are at on the world landscape, uh, given the current circumstances that the world is currently in. Of course, this week, a lot of that was confirmed. We heard from members of the royal family. We found out what was happening with a lot of engagements. Of course, this impacts everyone, including you. And it has been really warming to see how, as an online and sort of global digital community, how supportive everyone has been. I found Twitter has been a place of uh, uplifting stories and encouragement and information as well, because this is a time where we really rely on that. I hope that everyone really remembers where they're getting that information from, because there is a lot of stuff floating around some true some false so do verify where anything comes from i think the rumors of prince philip earlier this week really highlighted that Uh, i would love to hear more from you because of course over the weeks ahead uh, it will be a somewhat fluid situation so if you have any suggestions for the show or comments uh, about things that you would like to see just send them to myself at scoby on twitter using the hashtag the airpod or write to any of the other friends of the show as well, including Maggie, who will be back next week. She can be found at Maggie Ruley. She's doing an amazing job on the front lines and the COVID-19 story at the moment. Thank you once again to our dear friends in New York, who are, of course, working remotely. Leighton Schneider, Anthony Alley and Michael Dubusky for bringing this show together. I hope it has worked. I, unfortunately, have been manning a lot of the equipment, which is somewhat worrying, but I think we should be okay. Everyone, I hope you're looking after yourselves. I hope you are practicing safe social distancing and uh, uh, following the advice of the various governments that you live in. Uh, Look after each other and yourselves, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye. Bye.